Hey, welcome back to the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery, and we love interviewing thought leaders, business leaders, people that are interesting, but we also love interviewing people that we have learned from. And the Montgomery Companies team is so excited about today's host because of all of the mentors that we've had, this one ranks at the top of the list. Um, I've never spent time with Bob. We've never had a conversation. This will be our first conversation, but I've learned so much from Bob through his work. So uh, let me tell you briefly about Bob Berg before we jump into conversation. Bob has been working for 30 years and he's helped companies, sales leaders, and their teams more effectively communicate their value, sell at higher prices with less resistance, and grow their businesses based on endless referrals. Bob, you are the author of The Go-Giver, Endless Referrals, Go-Giver, Sell More, one of my personal favorites, and The Go-Giver Influencer. Your book, The Go-Giver, has sold over 950,000 copies and counting. It is a New York Times and Business Week bestseller. And in total, your books have sold over 2 million copies. Um, The Go-Giver has been translated into 28 different languages, You have shared the stage with many famous thought leaders, including American presidents. Uh, You've talked to groups from 50 all the way up to 16,000. And recently you were named the American Management Association's uh, top 30 most influential leaders. And so your accomplishments are vast. uh, And I admire your accomplishments, but more than anything else, I just admire the person that you are. I admire your character. And I admire the way that your values shine through in your work. So we want to say thank you. And we also want to say welcome to the Montgomery Companies podcast. Well, I I thank you. I can't think of a a nicer introduction for someone to hear. Uh, Thank you. And I've, you know, I've gotten a chance to follow some of your works and I love what you're doing. So uh, you're, you're right up there. And uh, my goodness, uh, uh, I I would say a rising star, but you're already a star. You're just going to continue to rise though. Thank you, Bob. That, that means a lot. And, um, you know, we believe that association determines your destination. And so we want to associate with great people like you who have gone before us. Um, here, here's what I want to ask you just to start. And you know this, most of our audience, um, they're, they're salespeople, they're in the people business, they're leaders of people. You've got such great wisdom. You know, when I think about what makes you special, uh, the word wise comes to mind. You're just really wise. You've got great wisdom. Where does your wisdom come from? And beyond the obvious, give us some of the practical steps that you took in your life to gain great wisdom. Well, I was very fortunate having parents who were not only kind and loving people, but um, uh, you know, I watched my dad reading all the time. He was a guy who grew up very, very poor, you know, immigrant American, second generation during the uh, uh, depression and the whole thing, and and ran off to to join uh, World War II and, and never went to college. But he was very self-educated. You know, I mean, he was always reading. Never saw him without a book. He was constantly reading, and uh, so I, I ha- got a love of reading, thankfully. But it really wasn't until I got into sales that my true education began in terms of the you know the books. That, that really began to, to shape a lot of what I, what I did because I, I, I began just you know, reading books on sales because I, when I got into sales, I, I had no knowledge of selling, right? And, and this mm. is 40 years ago and, and it wasn't as, uh, 
it wasn't as in the mainstream as it is now to go into a bookstore and see tons of books on sales. So I came across two books. One was by Tom Hopkins. One was by Zig Ziglar, two of the icons of the time and, and icons now, of course. And their books turned me about three weeks after getting their books and really, really studying them. I mean, I really studied them and began to apply because it's application too, not just the, you know, the knowledge. And my sales began to go through the roof three weeks later, such a big difference. And what it said to me was that if you have a methodology, a way of accomplishing a thing, then, uh, you know, you, you really never had to be stuck where you are. And to this day, I would define a system as simply the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles, the key being predictability. If it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired result of B, then you know that all you need to do is A and continue to do A and continue to do A, and eventually you'll get that desired result of B. Once that was understood, this opened a whole new world to me. And so it began to study sales and go to, uh, go to uh, sales conferences. And I was investing in, this will age me a little bit here, so please pardon me, but audio cassette albums, we used to call them, <laughs> not even CDs. And, uh, and, and really, though, began understanding that in becoming the best salesperson I could possibly be, it wasn't just studying sales, as important as that is, but just personal development. So I began to get the books, and I'm sure you have these same books, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Think and Grow Rich, As a Man Thinketh, uh, The Magic of Thinking Big, Psycho-Cybernetics, and all the classics and the, the personal development. Uh, and it just grew, I, I was able to grow so much on the inside with, with then uh, success manifesting on the, the outside. So I'm a big believer in OPW, Other People's Wisdom. Mm. I'd like to say I've never had an original thought in my life, but have been very, very willing to learn from those who either have or who learn from others and was able to systemize their wisdom. OPW, other people's wisdom. And the irony is I've been gleaning from your wisdom for a really long time. Um, we've got a group of listeners, Bob, and they are in sales. We've got another group of listeners who are not by title or by definition in sales. You've got some interesting ideology about what it means to sell. And you also talk about the great misconception. Mm -hmm. So for all of our listeners, regardless of occupation or title, could you speak a little bit about the great misconception and also your beliefs on selling? Well, the great misconception of sales is that by definition, it's, it's trying to convince someone to buy something they don't want or need. And that is not selling. That's called being a con artist. That is absolutely not selling. Selling by definition is simply discovering what the other person does want, does need, does desire, and helping them to get it. See, the old English root of the word sell was salan, which meant to give. So when you're selling, you're literally giving. Now, someone might say, well, wait a second, isn't that, just a, isn't that just semantics when you're selling, you're giving? What are you selling when you're, what are you giving when you're selling? Well, let's say you have a prospective customer or client right in front of you. You are in the selling process. So I would ask the question, what are you giving? I say you're giving them time, attention, 
counsel, education, empathy, and most of all, exceptional value. If that's what you are doing, you are selling and should be proud to call yourself a sales professional. You know, one of the things that I, I love that you say in your book, Go Givers Sell More, is many people will say to me, you know, Bob, I'm, I'm just not any good at sales. And your response is, sure you are, be human. And so <laughs> we're going to talk about being human, what it means to be human, what it means to uh, be great at sales, which is being others focused and being attentive and providing time and attention, empathy, counsel, and value. Um, and, and I just want to briefly walk through the five laws of stratospheric success that you mentioned in your book, Go Give or Sell More. The first law that you talk about is the law of value. And you unpacked that already a little bit. Could you go just a little bit deeper on what it means to really understand the law of value? Oh, yeah. And, and you know, and I, I love that, that question and you're bringing that up. And, and, we, and we put these laws really um, around a central premise. And that is that shifting your focus, and this is really the key, shifting your focus from getting to giving. Now, when we say giving in this context, Jordan, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that by doing so, not only is that a pleasant way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. And not for some you know, way out, woo-woo kind of you know, magical, mystical reasons, oh, just do good things. No, it's actually very rational very logical. You think about it, when you're that person, that all too rare person who can take your focus off yourself and focus mm -hmm. totally on that other person and, and bringing them what they need, what they want, what they desire, well, you know, helping them solve problems, helping make their life better, helping bring them closer to happiness. People feel good about you. They want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. You know, when I speak at sales conferences, one of the first things I'll say and I, I don't say this dogmatically, but in a way that it implies I, even that I'm, I'm kind of joking around and, and having fun is, is I'll say, nobody is going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet, mm. Mm. right? They're not going to buy from you because you need the money and they're not going to buy from you because you're a really nice person. And yeah, we all laugh because we all know that's true. Mm. That's not why people are going to buy from us. No, people are going to buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And in the, the, the basically free market economy in which we live, and when I say free market, I simply mean no one is forced to do business with you, right? In, in a free market-based setting, um, there's no other reason for anyone to buy from anyone. They shouldn't buy from anyone for any reason other than they believe they'll benefit. But this is great. It means mm -hmm. that entrepreneur or salesperson who can, who can express and communicate the exceptional value they provide through focusing on that other person, that's the person who creates that context for the sale to take place. And for the person who's not in sales per se, but works within a, a, another company, it's the value they focus on providing to their customers, which is their supervisor or their coworkers or that person in the other silo or the person who owns the company and, and through extension, the, the end user. So this is really what it's all about and why focusing on the other, there's nothing self-sacrificial about it. It not only feels great, but it's actually 
the most highly profitable. So we take those five laws, as you brought up the law of value, which says your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, this sounds counterintuitive when you first hear it. Give more in value than I take in payment? I mean, that sounds like a recipe for bankruptcy. <laughs> so we simply have to understand the difference between price and value. Mm. Price is a dollar figure, right? It's a dollar amount. It's, uh, it's finite. It simply is what it is. It's the price. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to another human being that they will willingly exchange their money for it and be glad they did. A, a very simple example is the accountant you hire to do your taxes and she charges you just a round figure a thousand dollars. That's her, her fee, literally her price, a thousand dollars. But what value does she give you, Jordan, that makes it so worthwhile for you? Well, through her years of study and work and getting to know her business, through focusing on you and learning your business and what you're looking to accomplish. And so she's able to save you $5,000 in taxes. She saves you countless hours freeing you up to be more productive in doing what you would rather be doing. She also provides you and your family with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. So she gave you well over $5,000 in value in exchange for a $1,000 uh, price. So she gave you more in value than she took in payment. So you, you're ecstatic, right? Which you should be. But she also made a very healthy profit because remember, it's a free market. She, she did that willingly because she felt it was worth exchanging her knowledge and wisdom and attention and focus for that $1,000. In fact, if one of my old mentors, Harry Brown, used to say, in a free market-based exchange, there are always two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits, because each of them come away better off afterwards than they mm. were beforehand. But there's one more element about this that's so important. This took place because she was able to communicate her value to you. This is why we say that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which, which is a phrase I could never have thought of. That was my brilliant co-author, John David Mann, who's really the lead writer, right? He, he comes up with those amazing phrases like that. So, but, but, but money itself is simply the result. So the key is the focus needs to be on the other person, right? Because they're not buying for our reasons. The focus is on them. The money we receive is a natural result of the value we've provided. Now, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, m money is the echo of value. I want our listeners to, to catch that. Um, powerful, Bob. And, and that was one of the lines that really stood out in my reading and my studying of your work. Um, here, here's, here's one thing that you do so well in your work. You balance the tension of helping people understand mindset behind sales and giving them the practical golden nuggets that they need for application. Thank you. And so I want to go there and I want to go quick hits because um, I, I could talk to you all day, but, but unfortunately you've got other meetings and many people who need your time. So <laughs> I want to go, go quick hits and I, I want to I ask some questions that our listeners might be asking. And I'd love for you just to kind of quickly respond, give me your thoughts and then we'll move on and I'm going to give you another one. Okay. Okay. So you have some fascinating uh, things to say about 
competition. You know, how we speak about the competition matters. Right. Um, many people are taught, I, I kind of dog the competition. I explain how we're different, why we're better. That works for me. And uh, that's what I've been taught. Why is that a mistake? So it, I, I love that question. I could, this is a, a tough one to just be real quick about, but I will do it. Okay. Okay. It's not that you don't have competition. You know your competition, you know about them, you probably know their products and services, their strengths, their weaknesses, what have you, as well as they do. You, you have them, but you don't focus on them. You focus on creating value, understanding your competition, not focusing on them. When it comes to down-talking the competition, that does nothing but make you look bad. But when you can actually edify your competition, when you can actually speak about them being nice people and having a good product, and be, when you do that, you come across as confident. You come across as successful because successful people are confident and a, an unsuccessful person would never dare to say that, right, about their competition. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah, so, so good. So yeah, so we understand we have competition, but we don't focus on them. We focus on value creation. And when you can talk about the competition in a healthy way, yeah. you say it makes you safe, secure, and you, confident. It, it, it make, yes, and it makes your, your customer feel that way because your prospective customer or client because, hey, if you'll down talk someone else, you'll down talk them. They know that. That's right. right. As That's right. Start sour. No, when you're someone who just, you are speaking only positively about others, that gives them a feeling of security. That's right. So good. This is heavy note taking. We're going we're gonna to continue to be practical. You talk about in the law of influence, mm -hmm. closing the sale. And we've been taught, right, as, as great salespeople, we move people to action. We got to challenge their emotion. And so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close the sale. Uh, speak into that if you could. Sure. And it's not that closing a sale is a bad thing. That's fine. Uh, that's Part of the, but the closing, you, you don't need to be forcing the close on anyone. People have said to me, Bob, I need to be a, a more of a hard closer. I said, well, instead, how about being more of a helpful closer? See, when you've done your discovery, again, what is selling? Discovering what they want, what they need, what they desire. Uh, again, Harry Brown used to say, people, salespeople often ask, how can I motivate my buyer my prospect to buy. You don't have to. They're already motivated. Your job is to find out what they're motivated by and help them to get it. If you've done your discovery, you know, well, then by the time you get to the close, it's simply asking them to take action that they've already told you they want to take. The challenge comes that when we're focusing on the close, really we're focusing on ourselves. Then the talk about, oh, am I doing this right? Am I doing this? Am I saying the right thing? Really, it's just a natural part of the sales process. Bob, I don't have time. Here I am again, okay? Uh, young salesperson, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking this, this Bob Berg guy is this like warm and fuzzy, you know, build relationships uh, and, and win relationships and then, and then I'll build a business. I just don't have the time to do that. Um, you know, and, and I love what you say about the power of a network. And you talk about building real trust and rapport. I just want to address our listeners and say, that takes time. Mm -hmm. um, why is it worth it? How do you do it? How do you balance building trust and rapport with building a business and moving people to action? 
Okay, well, so let's look at this on a couple of levels. First, in terms of the network itself, and then secondly, the go-giver attitude when you're in front of an actual prospect and why focusing on them actually makes it take less time for the sale to take place, not more time. First, building the relationships. Well, it's so important because business is relationships, right? What do we say that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust, <laughs> right? And there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you and others than by genuinely and authentically moving from that I focus or me focus to that other focus. If you think that you're going to just meet somebody and then boom, rush them into, remember, they're not buying for your reason. They're mm -hmm. buying for their reasons. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, you can very easily begin a relationship through your focus on them, through your interest in them, through the questions you, you ask, and that's great. And there are times you meet someone and it just happens that the timing is right and they happen to want or need what you offer and it happens. But there are other times it doesn't. And it takes two weeks or four weeks or two months or four months or a year or six months or six days or the next day. We don't know. So that's why it's important to build these relationships on an ongoing basis. Because once you begin this, and now all of a sudden, they start coming out of the, if you want to say, a, a funnel, if you will, just to use a, an easy to picture type of thing. You, you start building these relationships. And after some time, some people it never develops into anything. Others it does. And it takes longer than others and sometimes shorter than others or whatever. And all that's fine. But once you get it going and then you start really cultivating referrals from these people who you're now doing business with or at least who know, like, and trust you, and now these referrals start building upon themselves because you know that referrals make it easier to set the appointment with referrals price is less of an issue. So you can sell on high value rather than low price, which you shouldn't be selling on. Um, uh, it's easier to complete the transaction because of the borrowed trust. And people who, who you meet through referral, they're already of the mindset that that's how you do business since they met you. So they're much more likely to refer you. So take the time to build these relationships without attachment to the time it takes for them to develop, understanding that some of them will happen quickly and some right. won't. And some yeah. won't. We can't control that, but it, they're always gonna buy on their schedule, not, not ours. The second aspect is when we talk about, well, you know, Bob, uh, I'm glad my name is Bob because everybody calls me Bob. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it just, it's worked out so well that way. And, you know, I, I get this go-giver stuff, you know, focus on others and, and, and you, I, I can see that after I'm already successful and don't really need the sales to take place. But I mean, I need the money right now. So yes. I've yes. got to go and I've got to, I can't wait to the, okay, so now let's look at this and let's look at the, the logical aspect of this, Jordan. So I would say to the person who says that to me, I'd say, well, let's make believe that you're the prospect and I'm the salesperson. I really need the money right now. So I'm going to go in there. And I mean, my goal is to just get the money, right? 
Well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna ask questions that I've been taught to ask, because I know that's part of it, but, but the questions are really so that I can kind of sharp angle you into, into buying from me. And, you know, I'm not really listening as much as I am kind of planning my next move. And when you give me an objection, I'm a little irritated and, and defensive. I'm trying not to show it, but the, the energy is coming through with that because these objections are keeping me from my, my money. Okay. And I start, you know, I'm kind of talking and talking about my product so that you'll buy it. And then I'm closing throughout the, are you more likely or less likely to buy from me right now? And I think most people will say less likely because obviously the trust isn't, isn't really there. Okay. Now I'm the same person. I still need the money. I'm just starting out. I need the money. I need this to happen. But I also realize that despite my feelings and my needs, that's not why someone's going to buy from me. So I'm going to realize that while as a human being and right now that I, I'm kind of focused on my needs, I'm going to do something mature. I'm going to set my needs aside. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to suspend. I'm not going to deny myself interest because successful people deal in truths. They don't lie to themselves. I'm not going to deny myself interest, but I am going to suspend it. I'm going to set it aside so I can focus on you and your needs. And so my focus is on, I ask questions and I'm listening only to understand and draw you out to really tell me what you need and to, to help ask the right questions that, that, that you can really feel like you know you're being heard and listened to because you are. And when you have an objection or a question, I listen. And rather than trying to overcome the objection, we kind of work together. And I ask you questions so we can get to the actual heart of the objection, not the, not, not, you know, not the, uh, what's not, not the outward uh, part of it, but, but what's actually at the heart of it. What is the actual concern? And once we both understand that, now we can work through that. Okay. Uh, only once I truly understand your needs, wants, and desires, do I begin to, to uh, connect the benefits of my product or service with those needs, wants, or desires. And then once we know that it's, it's, that this is really the right thing for you, now I ask for the order. Are you more likely or less likely to buy from me right now? And I think the answer for most people would be more likely. And so it actually takes less time to sell the go giver way than it does to do so in a way where we're focused on ourselves and the money. It takes less time. It's more profitable. And most importantly, it's the right way. Uh, right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and you, you've said this, the essence of your work to me, Bob, is we're in the relationship business. We're in the people business before we're in the real estate business. You're in the relationship business before you're in the financial planning business. You're in the relationship business before you're in XYZ industry, you name it, right? And you put the emphasis on people and on relationships. And I just go back to that quote in your book. People say, I'm no good at sales. And Bob Berg says, sure you are, be human. <laughs> so as I turn you loose and let you go, Bob, um, I, I, want to, I, I want our listeners to know where they can find you. But before we go there, tell us where you're headed next, 30 seconds or less. What's next for Bob Berg? Uh, basically the only thing next is to keep doing what we're doing because we love what we're doing. And so, uh, 
uh, my business partner, Kathy Tajanal, and I have a certified go-giver speaker program, which is a licensing program, and we have a, uh, a um, online video course uh, called uh, Endless Referrals, The Go-Giver Way, and we have a actual free mini course called Selling the Go-Giver Way. I want our listeners to catch that. The free online mini course, which we'll add in our notes, is thegogiver.com slash selling. So if you want to check out Bob Berg's free mini course, thegogiver.com slash selling. Bob, I am a huge fan of your work. Um, I want more people to be able to find you. How do people best find you, interact with you, and digest your, your work? Uh, the main website's Berg, B-U-R-G.com. And on there, we have a whole bunch of resources people can get if they'd like, including the cha- you know, first chapter of, of the, the books. I have a video blog. And uh, toward the bottom of the uh, website is where I am on social media. <laughs> so I have a way of kind of showing up a whole bunch of blazes somehow. Great. But, uh, hey, you know, it has been so great being with you, Jordan. You're just, you know, you really are a, a great guy. You lead with character. That's what you're all about. And I just, I look forward to continuing to follow your career. I, I love the immense value you add to the lives of so many people. And I, I really thank you. Well, um, hearing that from you means a lot, and we will certainly pay it forward, uh, your time and your generosity um, in spending some of your valuable time with us. So uh, you've impacted literally millions of people. Two million copies of your books have been sold, Bob. Uh, You've trained hundreds of thousands of sales professionals. And today, a few more people got better through your words on the Montgomery Companies podcast. So thank you again, my friend, for being with us. Thank you, my absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Montgomery Companies podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery, with our producer, John Choate, and we just wanted to give you our heartfelt thanks for following our work and the work of others that we're so fortunate to interview. We'd ask that you continue to follow our work, follow our podcast, subscribe to our channel, and we look forward to bringing you more great content moving forward. Big thanks to Bob Berg. Bob, thank you for your generosity, for your shared wisdom, and for being who you are to the lives of so many that you lead. Until next time, be well. Catch you soon.